0: My favorite thing to do when I'm commuting or waiting on a long line is hop onto June's journey and escape into a game filled with compelling stories, strong female characters, and a true crime mystery I want to help solve. The game lets you step into the role of June Parker as she tries to figure out who killed her sister. By playing the hidden object mystery mobile game, you put your detective skills to the test. You find clues, play mind-teasing puzzles, and dive into the roaring 1920s. I'm on Chapter 4 and still trying to figure out how these clues will help me crack the case of who did it and why. But I can't do it alone. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
3: They were a charismatic couple that seemed to be on the brink of the perfect life together.
4: He loved his wife. He was crazy about her. He was the happiest
5: I've ever seen him.
3: Until a harrowing discovery shatters their future.
0: 911, what are you reporting?
5: I found a deceased
6: person. Ankles were still duct taped together, duct tape on each wrist.
0: Detectives
3: soon have an unexpected suspect in their sights.
6: She's active in her church, did a lot of work for the community. She helped people.
3: And a trove of long-buried family secrets suggests there's more to the murder than meets the eye.
6: Suspicion's about an affair.
7: Any reason why he would be at your guy's place? I really don't have any idea. I can't think of a logical thing that makes sense.
1: He lost control. It just got out
3: of hand. Detectives will soon discover that some family secrets can have deadly consequences.
6: That's really what did it. That's what pushed her over the edge.
7: I'm screwed up, didn't
6: I? State of Why? I just didn't understand it.
3: July 12th, 2012. It's just after 8.30 p.m. in Gig Harbor, Washington. A local couple is walking their dog, Daisy, down a quiet, tree-lined road.
8: You know, it's kind of a rural street. You know, There's trees and shrubbery kind of along the both ends, a little
6: marshland off the side of the road. The dog went off into the brush a little bit and they went to go see what the dog was after. And that's when they discovered the body.
2: Just a few feet off the road, they see the body of an African-American male.
7: 911, what are you reporting?
0: I found a a deceased person.
6: They thought initially it was a hit and run.
7: Okay, and you believe that he may have been hit by
6: a uh, vehicle or something? I'm just speculating because he's laying in a a low-lying swamp area.
3: First responders from the Pierce County Sheriff's Department rush to the scene.
6: When I went out into the brush and took a look at the body, the first thing that I saw once I did it, he had white duct tape around his wrists, around his ankles and face, his nose and eyes area. It was obviously some sort of a homicide, it wasn't hit and run. The patrol deputies had already secured the area. I called for our forensics unit.
3: Pierce County law enforcement begins scouring the roadside for clues.
6: We located his wallet out in the brush right next to his body. We found some identification in there.
3: The victim is identified as 33-year-old Leon Bachum.
6: Once we identified who he was, we were trying to find out whatever information we could get about him, set down some sort of a timeline in relation to how long he had been there.
3: As investigators peel back the layers to this mystery, they'll unmask a killer that no one in this tiny tourist town could have ever imagined.
2: Gig Harbor, this is not the kind of place where people expect bad things to happen. Born in
3: 1978, Leon Bauckham grew up in a tight-knit family in the nearby city of Tacoma. Leon was our first child and
4: His sister was born 15 months later.
1: So they were pretty much raised like twins. We spent a lot of time together. I mean, every summer we were gone somewhere, then we went to camps, we went to Disneyland, we went to, you know, we'd go swimming, all kind of stuff.
8: He was very close with his sister, Rachel, but his grandmother was his rock. There was a big part of what drove him, you know, was to make her proud.
3: Not only did Leon have an unyielding drive to succeed, he had the brains to back it up.
1: He was super intelligent.
3: As soon as he got into something, he wanted to know
1: everything about it, and he did whatever he could to learn it.
8: He kind of had this presence about him where people it just kind of just commanded respect.
3: Leon's confidence served him well in 2001 when 23-year-old Leon began dating 21-year-old Yumiko Roberts.
9: Miko is a very gorgeous woman, and she just had this magnetic personality. People would just want to hang out with her, and she attracted a lot of attention.
3: Leon was convinced he'd found his soulmate. For Yumiko, a struggling single mother, Leon was just what she was looking for.
8: Any girl's going to want to be with a guy that they can feel safe around. I think that's what initially drew her to him.
5: She was ready to settle down, you know, and.
8: He was ready to settle down.
5: She had already had a kid and, you know, just ready to start a family.
4: He was so proud. He was like he had hit the jackpot, you know. <laughs> I could just see his the look on
3: his face. As their love for each other grew, Leon quickly took over the role of being second parent to Yumiko's son, a role that Yumiko's mother, Jackie
9: Ray, had been filling for the past year. You could just tell that Jackie and, and Miko were very, very close.
8: Jackie did everything for her. She was very protective of her.
3: Having Jackie by her side was a blessing for Yumiko, whose struggles as a single mother began when she was a teenager.
4: She went to college at University of Las Vegas. She
3: was there for, about, I think, two years. And
4: then she got pregnant with her son and came home.
2: The boyfriend has left her, and this is when Jackie steps in. Jackie was basically raising that child
4: until Leon got in the picture.
9: She's very giving. She does a lot for, like, the people that she loves.
3: When Yumiko married Leon Bakum in 2008, Jackie supported her daughter every step of the way. By 2012, Yumiko and Leon had two more children of their own.
8: Jackie did a lot of caretaking for the kids. Like, she would babysit the kids a lot. You could tell that she loved her grandkids, for sure. Like, she was always around, always giving them what they need.
3: Jackie's help at home with the kids allowed Yumiko to be a successful working mother.
4: She wanted
1: to get out of the house, so she started working customer service for a cable company. Yumiko had stayed home with the children, and he had been the sole breadwinner of the family. And so when she was working, they were in a good financial spot.
3: But on the evening of July twelfth, two 2012, their picture-perfect family is ripped apart when Leon's body is found off a rural road in Gig Harbor, Washington.
6: When we found him there, it was obvious that he'd been there for a few hours. My next step was to try to figure out who would wanna do this.
0: A
3: closer look at the body gives detectives more insight into their victim's final moments.
6: Leon had been shot once The entrance wound was in the upper back. That led me to believe that he was shot during some sort of a scuffle. Whether this was an intentional gunshot wound certainly wasn't an execution. We knew that he had been dumped because we have drag marks through the brush.
3: There is little at the scene to indicate where Leon might have been killed or who might have killed him. When it comes to collecting evidence, investigators find themselves grasping at straws.
6: We had found three styrofoam packing peanuts near his body. We found a Dora the Explorer card. We had collected all those as evidence. Didn't know if it was just trash alongside the road or it might be related somehow to how Leon ended up here.
3: As investigators continue to work the scene, a patrol deputy knocks on the front door of the Bachams' residence in nearby Puyallup, Washington. Leon's wife, Yumiko, answers.
6: She was told by the patrol deputy that Leon had died. I had specifically asked them not to give her any information about how he died.
3: Coming up, Yumiko unearths some skeletons from the past, which leads detectives to a potential suspect.
5: She's being secretive with her phone,
6: hiding the messages, and stuff like that. There was quite a bit of conversation leading up to Leon's time of death. He lost control.
1: It just got out of hand.
3: On the evening of July twelfth, two 2012, 33-year-old Leon Bachham's body was found along a remote stretch of road in Gig Harbor, Washington. Investigators are now at the scene trying to make sense of Leon's death.
6: We knew that he had been dumped because the duct tape on his wrists were broken. It appeared to me that whoever had drug him out to the brush had drug him out by holding onto the duct tape around his wrists.
3: Upon hearing of her husband's death, Yumiko breaks down. She becomes distraught. She is very upset. Once she collects herself, Yumiko notifies the rest of her family of her husband's death.
1: Yumiko called me. She says, they found a body and they believe that it's Leon's. I said, what? and I immediately hung up the phone and I was bawling my eyes
4: out. My sister tells me
1: they found Leon and he's dead. They found
4: his body and that's the last thing I remember. I couldn't believe it. I didn't understand what happened. I certainly didn't think murder.
3: Though it takes Yumiko longer to reach her own mother, Jackie Ray, who is vacationing with her husband, Lathaniel, 200 miles away at a place called
2: Moses Lake. Jackie's response is, I have got to get home immediately. But there's a storm, and there is no possible way that we can get home.
3: While stunned family members try to make sense of the unfolding tragedy, Detective Mark Murad arrives at the Bauckham's residence just before 3 AM.
6: When we went to the house, we sat down with Amiko. We talked to her about her whereabouts they were having any relationship problems at the time.
3: Through her tears, Yumiko admits that while she loved Leon, in recent months, they'd hit a bit of a rough patch. According to Yumiko, it all started when she went back to work. She had been home for so long
1: and hadn't been out, and now she's out and she's getting all this attention. She's a beautiful girl. The way she dressed was very provocative, and Leon didn't like it. Yumiko
8: felt like Leon was a little... You know, she felt like he was controlling.
6: So apparently, Leon installed a tracking app on Amiko's phone, something that would allow him to see her location on his phone. And he had had that on her phone for some time. Amiko was aware of it.
3: Yumiko says she tolerated Leon's jealousy because she was sure it would eventually subside. However, a few weeks back on May 30th, things took a much darker turn.
8: They were having a discussion and
6: then it just kind of escalated.
3: It just got out of hand. And he ended up
1: putting his hands on her.
6: He had allegedly punched her in the eye. She said that she had fractured her eye socket during that incident.
2: When Miko's mother, Jackie, found out what happened, she immediately notifies police. When you have a domestic violence problem, the court
4: automatically
3: gives you a temporary no contact order. Yumiko tells police that she and her husband were trying to put the incident behind them.
5: We're trying to work on it. We're trying to repair it. Hopefully, you know, we can get this restraining order, you know, lifted. He was staying at the house, not every day, you know, but he was staying at the house a lot.
3: Yumiko tells police that Leon had stayed at the house the night of July 10th the next morning though leon's extreme jealousy returned
6: she had dressed up too much to his liking to go to work there was an argument over how she was dressed and she ended up just leaving going to work
3: when yumiko's shift was over she was still angry from the argument and decided it was time to put some real space between her and leon
6: while Leon was working the night shift, I afforded Amiko the opportunity to pack some clothes for herself and the kids and leave and go to the hotel up in Federal Way.
2: According to Miko, she checked out of the hotel that next morning and returned home with the children. Yumiko tells police that she assumed that Leon
3: had spent the night of July eleventh at his grandmother's home in Tacoma.
6: There were times that he would stay with his grandmother because he had a fear that he might get caught with Amico at the house in violation of that no contact order.
3: But there's one detail that's troubling investigators.
6: When we were talking with her, not once through the entire interview did she ask where we found him or how he died.
3: It's a detail that certainly raises
2: a red flag for detectives. It may be possible that Miko was lying because in a murder investigation, you always look at the people closest to the victim.
3: When police visit Leon's grandmother, she tells detectives that Leon was supposed to stay with her the night of the 11th following the fight with Yumiko
6: she told us that leon had called and said that he was gonna spend the night when she got up in the morning she saw that leon wasn't there his white suv wasn't out in the parking lot
3: however leon's grandmother says that when she returned home later that day his white suv was in the parking lot but leon was still nowhere to be found
6: somebody had to have brought that car back and parked it in the parking lot because he was dead
3: The revelation suggests one thing. Leon Bauckham probably didn't die at the hands of a stranger. Whoever killed him obviously knows
2: where his grandmother lives. The
3: following morning, investigators reach out to Leon's family, who provide them with even more details about the couple's rocky last few months, including what had truly sparked Leon's rage the day he struck Yumiko in the face.
6: He had suspected that she was having an affair with somebody at work.
5: She's being secretive with her phone, text messages at certain hours, you know, hiding the messages and stuff like that.
4: He'd gotten a phone call from someone that worked there and said, Leon, you need to come and check on your wife because something's going on here that's not right. So Leon shows up and talks to the guy. And the guy basically says, I know she's your wife, but I don't care.
3: According to Leon's family, shortly after that confrontation, he found racy messages from the man on
2: his wife's phone, and that's when he lost it.
4: That's when he slapped her.
2: If Amiko is having an affair, that is definitely going to add to the suspicion that she had a hand in her husband's murder.
4: I had a
6: pretty strong suspicion she was somehow involved.
3: Coming up, a new observation leads detectives down a different path.
6: He was found within a mile of her house. That was a huge red flag.
3: And a new witness comes forward.
6: We received a call. He wanted to give us information. She's too upset, so she wants to talk in person.
3: It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to
10: Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like, every single time you look at your bank account?
3: less than 48 hours after 33-year-old Leon Bauckham's body was found dumped in a remote corner of Pierce County, Washington. Investigators wonder if Leon's troubled marriage to his wife, Yumiko, may have been the catalyst behind the murder.
6: We had learned later Leon had had some suspicions about Yumiko having an
3: affair. Yumiko adamantly denies any affair had taken place.
8: It just kind of escalated and just out of anger and you know not definitely not a good move but he did hit her
3: when investigators scour the domestic violence report related to the incident the location on the report immediately piques their interest
6: the address that he had been arrested at for the domestic violence was jackie and Nathaniel's house his in-laws when
2: the investigators look into the proximity of Jackie's residence to where the body is found, then it becomes interesting.
6: We thought that was a little suspicious that he was found just a mile from their house. At that point, we wanted to talk to everybody that was involved in that domestic violence incident.
3: Investigators ask Yumiko's mother, Jackie Ray, and her husband, Lathaniel, to come down to the station. They sit down with Jackie first.
6: We're investigating the the death of Leon. And we kind of wanted to talk to you a
7: little bit, help us try to resolve this.
3: Jackie tells detectives that in the aftermath of Leon's assault on Yumiko, she'd witnessed a side of her
7: son-in-law that she'd never seen before. It was kind of unreal. I mean, pacing like a caged animal back and forth and yelling
6: and screaming. She didn't have a whole lot of nice things to say about Leon. I wouldn't be happy if my daughter was involved in a relationship with somebody who was abusive towards her, so that it was completely understandable.
3: Jackie says her opinions about Leon have been strongly influenced by her past
2: experiences with abuse. She had Amico when she was a teenager. She becomes dependent on a man with a temper. He eventually becomes abusive. Jackie eventually found the courage to leave Yumiko's father.
3: Once she was on her own, Jackie worked hard to set a good example for her daughter,
9: Yumiko. She always instilled their grades were number one, like always go to school, like work hard. In
3: 1993, Jackie went on a blind date with a forester named Lathaniel Ray. The two hit
2: it off immediately. They're looking for companionship. They're looking for somebody really to connect to, and it happens. Two years later,
3: Jackie and Lathaniel married. Like Jackie, it was Lathaniel's second
9: trip down the aisle. When they married, they just combined, and it was one big, happy family. Then they had a baby girl.
3: The baby brought the couple even closer together, and though Jackie and Lathaniel worked long hours to make ends meet, the newly blended family of four seemed to be thriving. Given her own troubled marriage to Yumiko's father years earlier, Jackie pleaded with her daughter to walk away from Leon, advice Yumiko apparently ignored. She took him back. Jackie claims that at first, Leon seemed to embrace his second chance. But over the past few weeks, his behavior had grown erratic again. It was
7: more the last month or so. Than ever, but yeah, he needs to be okay, and he would just be kind of
3: crazy. For Jackie, it all came down to one word control. He
7: was jealous of nothing. What about this friend that started all this? Is he a potential threat? Maybe somebody would do something like this? I don't think
3: so. Detectives then turn their attention to the location of Leon's body.
7: He had you why we'd find him where he was. Yeah. Anybody can knew out there? Anyone that socialized
3: with? Yeah. According to Jackie, she and Lathaniel weren't even in town when Leon's body was discovered. They had been camping with friends almost 200 miles away at Moses Lake since July 10th.
6: That's when Jackie disclosed that she and her husband didn't drive over together to go camping that she had stayed home. She talked about some errands she had to run.
3: Jackie tells detectives she planned to leave the morning of the 11th, but once again was
2: delayed. Miko calls Jackie and she says, Leon and I have had another fight. Jackie is distraught and she says, that's it. I'm fed up. I'm getting you a hotel room. Gather the kids and get out of there.
6: Jackie told us that she had driven up to Federal Way to pay for the room.
3: Jackie says she spent a second night at home and then drove up on the morning of the 12th to join Lathaniel and their friends at Moses Lake. And that's where she was when Yumiko notified her about Leon's death.
7: I texted her and said there's a thunderstorm. I'm gonna wait until it passes.
3: When investigators interviewed Jackie's husband, Lathaniel Ray, He confirms the timeline of Jackie's statement and seems equally confused about how Leon's body ended up in Gig Harbor.
7: Any reason why he would be out at your guys' place? I really don't have any idea. I can't think of a logical thing that makes sense for him to be out there.
3: After speaking with Jackie and Lathaniel, investigators inform them that they're free to go. But before detectives can corroborate their statements, they receive word that Leon's autopsy is complete.
6: I learned that Jackie was actually still in Pierce County during the timeframe that Leon had been killed.
3: The medical examiner estimates that Leon was initially shot sometime between the night of July 11th and early the morning of July 12th.
6: The fact that she was in town still, the fact that he was found within a mile of her house, that was a huge red flag.
3: As detectives are poring over the autopsy results, they receive a call that sheds new light on the case.
6: From Ron Pratt, who's a close friend of Leon's. He wanted to give us information that that would be helpful.
3: According to Ron, he had been on the phone with Leon the night police believe the shooting occurred.
6: Ron said that he had received a call from Leon on Wednesday and told him that he had been in an argument with Miko. He's like, yo, like, you know, Miko's gone, she left me. I was like, you know,
8: what happened? He was like, yeah, I don't know. He was like, she's just completely gone.
3: According to Leon, he hadn't been able to reach you Miko all day, but that around 10.30 that evening, he received a call from his mother-in-law, Jackie.
6: Leon had told Ron that he had received a call from Jackie. Amiko, you know, wants to talk, but
8: she's too upset to get on the phone, so she wants to talk in person. So I'm headed out to her house. I'm like, oh.
6: Because he had that tracking app on Amiko's phone, he could verify that she was, in fact, there. So that's the reason why he did go. He got to
8: Jackie's house. It's like right before midnight or just after midnight now. I'm like, OK, you know, just give me a call tomorrow, because, you know, I'm gonna crash. I got to work in the morning. So we got off the phone, and that was the last time we
6: talked. Ron was the person that was able to tell us that Leon, in fact, was going to Jackie's house. And now we have the reason why he was there, and it made sense. After talking with Ron on the phone, I was relatively sure Amico and Jackie were at the house when Leon was killed, but I still had issue with the fact that it would have taken people of a lot bigger stature to be able to load him up into a vehicle, unload him, and actually drag him out into the woods.
3: Investigators subpoena Yumiko's cell phone records. What they find would seem to verify Ron's story that Yumiko was at her mother's house on the night Leon was killed.
6: We saw that Yumiko's phone was actually hitting off a cell tower in the north end of the Gig Harbor area, which would put her phone in the area of her parents' house. We had also learned from the phone records that Amiko had been communicating with the coworker she was having an affair with, and there was quite a bit of conversation leading up to Leon's time of death. Then it kind of went quiet for a while.
3: Is it possible? That Yumiko's lover provided the manpower mother and daughter needed to move Leon's body?
6: We did go and talk with Yumiko's co worker. He did have an alibi that he was at a movie theater in Auburn, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from where Jackie and Nathaniel live. His alibi checked out.
3: Yumiko's lover's rock solid alibi throws a wrench into investigators' theory, but it's not the only one
6: we had the conflict of umiko saying she was at the hotel in federal way but yet her phone is at her mother's house i did send a couple detectives up to the comfort inn to pull surveillance video and also check for who had registered for that room
3: hotel staff confirmed that umiko was in fact at the hotel the night of the shooting if that's the case Then why was Yumiko's phone at her mother's house when she was at the
2: hotel? Why would Jackie have Miko's phone? Miko's in a hotel out of the way. Jackie's husband is in a campground. If Jackie committed this crime, how could she have done it by herself?
6: Was she the one that actually had killed him? I didn't think so. So it kind of raised the question of who did.
3: Coming up, detectives get a break.
6: We had just been released from prison literally weeks prior. Pretty violent background.
2: And some alarming answers follow suit. He has walked directly into a trap. They confronted him, and he didn't surrender.
3: It's been nearly two weeks since Leon Bacham's murder. And police in Pierce County, Washington, are convinced that his mother-in-law, 49-year-old Jackie Ray, is somehow involved.
6: I had a very strong suspicion. She knew exactly what the story was. But we needed a little bit more time to put things together.
3: Detectives subpoena Jackie's phone records. As they review her call log line by line, something catches their eye.
6: We saw that she had been texting with a phone number, that we didn't know who that belonged to. She was discussing with this person that Leon was on his way over, asking this person to hurry up and get over there. And that person was responding back, saying he was on his way. Our next step was to find out who the subscriber was.
3: While they wait for the phone company to provide additional info about the number in question, investigators continue their search for additional evidence.
6: We applied for a search warrant for Jackie and Nathaniel's house. And the following day, we executed a search warrant on the house. We searched the entire house. We didn't find anything really remarkable.
3: Before they leave, detectives take a look in Jackie's van.
6: There was this cardboard box inside. Inside that box were the same popcorn-shaped packing peanuts that we had located by Leon's body. On the floorboard of her car, we also found a handful of Dora the Explorer cards.
3: While the discovery doesn't prove murder, it does connect Jackie to the crime scene, a fact detectives waste no time imparting to her.
6: I could tell that she was really nervous. I just kind of threw out at her that we had her text messages. And we had talked with Leon's friend, Ron. And we knew that Leon was there at the house. Jackie startled me at that point. She looked at me, and she said, I didn't pull the trigger. So I knew she had involvement at that point. I just needed to figure out who that person was who actually did pull the trigger. We really didn't have enough to arrest her for murder at that point.
3: Thankfully, the phone company notifies them that they've identified the individual Jackie was texting, an ex-con named Louis Barker.
6: Louis Barker had just been released from prison literally weeks prior to this. We looked into his background. He has a pretty violent background and has had several run-ins with the criminal justice system.
3: Armed with new evidence, investigators request another sit-down with Jackie. She agrees, but only if the meeting can take place at her attorney's office. Before investigators can question Jackie about her connection to Louis Barker, she starts in on her son-in-law Leon all over again.
7: It was a constant, almost every single day, she would call me and say, "I, I can't do this, I can't sleep.
3: Jackie says in the days prior to Leon's murder, Yumiko had begun to fear for her life.
7: She was scared. She goes, what am I going to do, Mom? I can't do this. I'm going to go crazy. He's going to kill me.
3: Jackie says that Yumiko's fears came to a head when Leon allegedly brought up a painful chapter from Yumiko's past.
7: He was escalating to the point that he had said to her, or brought up the subject of her father. Your ex-husband? My ex-husband was somewhat abusive. I was able to get out of that situation that he had remarried, he had three children, and was in the midst of a divorce. He shot his wife, and then he shot himself. He knew how sensitive she was to that. And she really thought he was crazy enough to do that. I thought he was crazy enough to do that.
3: Jackie says that's when she decided to reach out to an old friend of hers, Lewis Barker.
6: Jackie and Amiko were friends with Lewis and Lewis's wife. They were close enough with each other that they knew that Lewis had just recently been released from prison. He's from
8: the neighborhood, and just, I've heard that he just kind of was always in and out of trouble, you know?
6: Jackie told us she had contacted Lewis Barker, and she asked him if he would have Leon killed. He
7: wanted
6: $10,000. And did you agree to pay him $10,000?
7: I said, I couldn't get it all at once. And I said, I can get you some, maybe more than half. And he said, that's okay, We can work
6: it out. Jackie subsequently made a withdrawal from her bank account for $8,000 and made the down payment.
3: Jackie says that on July 11th, she met Yumiko and Yumiko's children at the hotel in Fedway. Jackie paid for the room.
6: Jackie told us she had taken Amiko's phone while she was at the hotel, brought it back to her house because she knew Leon had placed that tracking app on the phone. Her plan was to call Leon to ask him to come out to the house to talk with Amiko.
7: I called him eventually and said, do you still want to talk? And he said, yes. He specifically asked me, are you going to call the police? And I said, if you're going to stay calm, if you are going to leave, have I asked you to leave? I'm not going to call
6: the police. She knew that he would use the tracking app to verify whether she was there or not.
7: The original plan was
2: to get Leon into that house, kidnap him, and take him somewhere else to murder him.
3: Once she was back in Gig Harbor, Jackie texted Lewis to let him know it was time.
6: She told us when Lewis showed up that there was another male there with him. She didn't know him, and she had never met him before.
7: He was white or maybe a lot Hispanic. I remember a hat and I remember a gray sweat jacket. Or either of them It was again.
3: The three waited until Leon pulled into Jackie's driveway around 11.30 PM.
6: Leon knocked on the door. She opened the door, invited him in. Once he entered in the living room, that's when Leon realized that there were two people there waiting for him.
2: Leon has realized he has walked directly into a trap.
1: They confronted him, and he didn't surrender. They had a gun, and he
3: lunged to fight back. Jackie tells detectives she was too scared to watch what happened next.
6: She turned and walked out and went onto the back deck.
7: I heard yelling, scuffling. I eventually heard a shot. I heard Leon say, I'm sorry, I won't bother her anymore. I heard him moan. I don't know how long it went on, but then Lewis comes in and says, I need a plastic bag or something too so that I don't get any blood in the car and I'm taking your car. And I said, okay. I gave him a tarp, I gave him a piece to my car.
3: With Leon clinging to life, Jackie Lewis and his accomplice used duct tape to bind Leon's wrists and ankles.
6: She watched as they packaged Leon up into the tarp and loaded him up into her car.
3: Jackie went back inside to clean up while Lewis and his partner dumped Leon's body in the marsh less than a mile away. Then the two men returned to take care of one last detail.
6: They took Leon's Escalade back to Tacoma and dropped it off. She later withdrew some more money from her bank account to-to uh, make final payment to him.
3: Before they conclude the interview, Jackie wants to
2: make sure one thing is clear. Jackie is adamant. Miko knew nothing about this plan.
6: What finally pushed Jackie over the edge was that domestic violence incident. She had a fear that her daughter would be killed. She didn't see any other way for Miko to get out of this relationship unless he was dead.
9: Jackie felt helpless, not knowing what to do. Like helpless for her daughter, didn't know how to help her daughter, scared for her daughter.
6: Following her confession, we placed her under arrest for murder in the first degree.
3: Word of Jackie's arrest quickly reaches Leon's friends and family.
8: Rachel just calls out of, out of like one day and just she's excited on the other side of the phone. And all she's saying is they got her, they got her, they got her, they got Jackie.
3: Coming up. Detectives enlist Jackie's help to finish their case.
7: Why did you him in the
3: house? I,
7: I guess.
3: And Jackie's defense team drops a bombshell. Should have stood
4: up and said, "You
3: liar." Investigators in Gig Harbor, Washington, have just arrested 49-year-old Jackie Ray for the murder of her son-in-law, Leon Bauckham. In exchange for her cooperation with the investigation into Lewis Barker, Jackie is allowed to plead down to second-degree murder.
6: We had worked out a deal with her and her attorney that she would cooperate in a wiretap and have a conversation with Lewis Barker. Jackie arranged to meet Lewis at a restaurant. He kind of screwed up, didn't I? You do.
7: He said this doesn't ever haunt you. I'm feeling a little haunted at the moment. She's better in time. Okay. Yes.
6: Lewis told her, you know, just to relax, that everything would be fine. Can I
7: ask a question? You don't have to answer me. You can't. I mean, why did you shoot him in the house?
6: I, I guess. Lewis replied back to Jackie that that wasn't his intention, but he didn't know that Leon was going to put up a fight. That kind of sealed the deal for Lewis.
3: Lewis's statement is enough for a warrant. On August 10th, he is placed under arrest.
6: Lewis was compliant for the most part during the, the arrest. He invoked right away. He wouldn't talk to us. He wanted an attorney. Um, but that was kind of par for the course with somebody with his experience in the criminal justice system.
3: Moreover, Lewis refuses to identify his accomplice.
6: The best description we got is a white male in his mid 20s. He's about medium build, average height.
3: At Jackie's sentencing hearing, Leon's family begs the judge to hand down the maximum sentence of 25 years. That despite the alleged assault, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. What he did was not worthy of him being murdered like a dog. Next to take the stand
2: is Jackie's daughter, the victim's wife, Yumiko. People are waiting to find out, is she going to support her mother or is she going to lash out and say, you took the father of my children. You took my husband.
5: She told the judge that she was so fearful of her life throughout their whole marriage and relationship.
0: She really was trying to protect myself and my children.
5: I know that's your mother, but how can you stand there and defend someone that that did that to the father of your kids?
3: Yumiko adamantly stands by her claims of long-term abuse from her husband, but Leon's family believes otherwise. I
4: should have stood up and said, you liar, and went to jail for contempt then allow her to stand in court and say that and get away with it.
3: Jackie's defense also claims that their client's abusive first marriage is further proof that a lenient sentence is in order. Jackie says because she was a victim of
4: domestic abuse, that was her defense, battered wife syndrome.
3: However, the judge doesn't buy it. Jackie is sentenced to 18 years in prison. Lewis Barker pleaded guilty to second degree murder. In November of 2013, he was sentenced to 34 years in prison.
5: Jackie doesn't deserve to be let out because she could have stopped it at any time.
3: She's older, and
1: so even with that amount of time, her life is pretty much done anyway. I would have liked to see longer, you know, or to where she can't get out at all.
3: With Louis, I was okay with it. Leon's family gets some satisfaction in seeing Jackie behind bars. But they must live with the fact that his murder leaves behind a complicated legacy.
5: He couldn't defend himself. All they could say, just slander his name and, and, and drag him through the mud. It was just horrible. It was horrible hearing it. It was horrible.
4: Who's dead today? She was never afraid for herself and her children. She did not live in fear, and her children never did. Leon was a good provider. He was a loving father, a loving husband.
6: I don't see any justification for what Jackie did. Absolutely none. I've never been able to find any.
0: The third individual involved in Leon's murder remains unidentified and at large. The investigation is ongoing. Jackie Ray is currently housed in the Washington Correction Center for Women in Gig Harbor, Washington. She speaks regularly with friends and family, including her daughter Umeko.
3: For more information on Snapped, go to oxygen.com. Welcome to Pura,
5: the most pristine, safe